0: all together and so she does just a wonderful wonderful job with that and uh, the music you did a good job this morning that's the first time they ever used that it's like a background music and so it'll get better and better but it went pretty good for the first time so it'll get better and better so we're just so proud of you and you're just so wonderful so we thank you for all that you do around here so god bless you. you so we have a little message here on mother's day and hopefully it'll be a blessing to you so why don't you start
1: Okay, we've got a couple of quotes to start off with. Um, this is from E.L. Caswell. It says, The mother, more than any other, affects the moral and spiritual part of the children's character. She is their constant companion and teacher in formative years. The child is ever imitating and assimilating the mother's nature. It is only in afterlife that men and women gaze backward and behold how a mother's hand and heart of love molded their young lives and shaped their destiny. Isn't that so true? Mm-hmm. Now, that was a serious one. Now, here's a funny one. This is from David Finkelstein. It says, the mother of three notoriously unruly youngsters was asked whether or not she'd have children if she had to do it over again. <clears throat> yes, she replied, but not the same ones. <laughs> <laughs> Ideally, both parents work together to raise their children with the goal of them becoming strong, healthy, and uh, mature adults who love and follow the Lord. When fathers and mothers both work together uh, and both play their roles well in raising their children, the children have a much greater chance of being healthy in every way.
0: And so today we're going to talk about... The wonderful things that a parent, and since it's Mother's Day, and a mother can instill within her children. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. If you have your Bibles. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It will be on the screen. 2 Timothy 1, verse 3. And again, New Living Translation. It will be on the screen. Notice it says here, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. Now, he was a younger minister uh, that he... He followed Paul. I think he got saved under Paul's ministry. I know he got saved under Paul's ministry. Paul called him his son in the faith, you know. And so Timothy was a young man that that Paul mentored and helped. And notice in in verse 3, he writes, he says, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we're together again. I remember, now, now here, now watch this. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I know that same faith continues strong in you. So where did Timothy get this strong faith from? He got it from his mother and his grandmother. They instilled genuine faith in young Timothy. And then if you go to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, just over a couple of chapters to chapter 3, verse 15, notice Paul continues and he says to Timothy, you have been taught... The Holy Scriptures from childhood. Now, who taught Timothy the Holy Scriptures from childhood? Lois and Eunice, his, his mom and his grandma, his grandma. I remember my grandma, uh, when I was very young, I would lay side of her in the bed and she'd read the Bible to me. And, and that was, that really, that really instilled things in me from the Word of God. And then she saw to it, along with my mom and dad, that from a young, youngster they had me in church, in Sunday school. Every Sunday morning they got me there to be taught the Word. So there's something good when you can get the Word of God into kids when they're, you know, People when they're young kids, it's just, it does something for them. So notice, you've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood. They've given you your wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And so he got that instilled in him. Notice, not from the Apostle Paul. Now he got saved under the Apostle Paul's ministry. But long before he ever knew the Apostle Paul, who was putting the Word of God in him? His mom and his Grandma is isn't, isn't that, very valuable because we think you see that Paul, the apostle, would have gotten all this into Timothy. But, it, you know, he, it was his mother and his grandmother. So anyway, uh, having said that, we have a uh, list. We found a list of some some life values that a parent, and particularly a mother, can instill in her children. And so we're going to go through these things. Uh, the first one that we have is patience. Patience. Does anybody remember what we've taught you that patience is? It's, what is, what is patience? It's, it's a virtue. Okay, but what's, that's good. What's the definition that I've given you? It's the ability to wait with a good and a right attitude. I've seen people in line at Six Flags and they're waiting and they're, or you see people in line at Quick Trip and they're, they're waiting to get to the cash register. They're waiting, but do they have a good and a right attitude? See, patience is what? Waiting with a what? Good and a right attitude. So what do we have to say about patience here?
1: Well, we live in a culture, as you all know, that uh, many of our desires are filled uh, immediately or spontaneously. If we want to watch something on the television, we just click it on, you know, from our chair. We don't have to get up and walk over. We don't have to wait for it to come up or anything. On the computer, we just click, 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 click. Everything we want to see is at, at, you know... Quick, we get quickly. Uh, our son is, our oldest son is uh, getting close to 40. And he says that his colleagues and his friends, that, that hardly anybody cooks or does anything like that, they, want it, they just go out and get it. You know, they go out and get it because they don't want to spend the time cooking. You know, got to have everything quick. And many toddlers, kids, and teens tend to run low on patience. Does anybody know that? <laughs> they might cry throw tantrums, pout, or even tell you they hate you until their wishes or demands are fulfilled. And this isn't just two- or three-year-olds. Sometimes a 17- or an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old can do all these things, too. If their needs are met because of that kind of manipulation, meeting their own desires will be the goal of their behavior. In other words, they'll know that if they throw a temper tantrum or if they do some kind of pouting or whatever, they can get what they want, then they'll learn to manipulate people. But if their needs are not met through that kind of behavior, behavior, they'll learn patience.
0: I remember turning a TV on years ago when I was a kid. It would take a few minutes for it to warm up. Does anybody remember that besides me? It'd take a few minutes to warm up. And now, if it doesn't come on instantly, you you know, does anybody get frustrated like you know, like I do if it don't come on immediately? And so, I guess we all need patience, don't we? Children must learn to wait with patience, and so must adults. Now, that 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 wasn't on the notes, but it's (laughs) adults need to learn that too. Now, this may involve leaving children crying by themselves for a while, but it's all for a good purpose. Um, Because children, I've watched them manipulate their parents, because they'll cry and throw fits, and and then when you give them what they want immediately, you're not teaching them patience.
1: Patience helps a person with self-control. An example, a child that has not learned, to be paid, learned patience will have a hard time knowing how to wait for things when they become an adult, like waiting for the right spouse or waiting to go on vacation until you have money in the savings account or waiting to buy that fancy new car until you have lots of extra money you're not, you know, taking out a loan. There's so much that patience is required in life to be successful that you need to learn when you're a child.
0: Yeah, if you can teach your kids patience, really with that spouse thing, that can be really important because you don't want your kids to marry the wrong person. So teach them patience. The second one we have is gratitude, gratitude.
1: Gratitude and thankfulness are basic courtesy. That's something, And it's something that God requires of us. Um, mothers can teach children to be thankful from a very young age. Children can learn the uh, habit of expressing gratitude when helped or offered, helped or given something. No matter how small the kindness is, children should learn how to be thankful and practice thanks, thankfulness.
0: Yeah, my mom taught me to always be thankful. Always be thankful for anything anybody does for you. That's a great quality to have, being being thankful. Uh, Being thankful will will uh, uh, will not. uh, Let's see. Being unthankful will not help your child in life. On the other hand, being full of gratitude is a sign of true humility. How many of you, when you do something nice for somebody, you like to be thanked? I like that, you know. And uh, so, so let's all be people of thankfulness. So let's be thankful, and particularly with God. Be thankful to the Lord for anything He does for you, big or small. All right. Then the third one we have is honesty.
1: Yes, learning to be honest starts at a tender age, and it can be a habit. Become a habit if it's nurtured.
0: Start teaching your children that it's not all right to cheat at games and blame their siblings for things they didn't do. Okay. That's, where,
1: that's usually where the first lies come in. I didn't do it, the dog did it, or I didn't do it, you know, my brother or sister did it. Or cheating at games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I used to cheat my grandma at old maid. You know, I've told you that, so. But I've (laughs) repented.
1: Uh, Teach your kids how to be honest with people. Um, Kids need to learn when they're children how to be honest with people about their feelings. And they need to uh, be able to share their feelings with their parents without... um, without their parents falling apart. You know, sometimes kids share their feelings that aren't really very pleasant, but a child needs to understand that they can share their feelings with their parents and their parents can listen to them and help them. They also need to learn, and this is, this is a skill that really has to be learned, to be able to be honest with people without being rude or crude or, you know, uh, you know, if they have a friend who stinks these you are know, the kids, you know, get run into these things. They need to learn a tactful way to say something, not like you stink, you know, or, or have, make a little rhyme about, you know, how they smell like a pig or something like that. You know, have find. You know the kids go through these things. But it's good to teach your children how to address things that are unpleasant that they need to talk to their friends about or parents or whatever about that in a way that is is tactful and is loving and is kind and that's something that they need to learn from their parents especially their mother their mother can say to the little kids dealing with their siblings you know that's not a good way to say it how about if we say it this way and it'll accomplish so much more and it won't hurt their feelings
0: well it's important to speak the truth in in what what does the bible say speak the truth in what in love and one thing I've noticed about people over the years, a lot of times, just over the many, many, many years, I'm not talking even here at church, I'm just talking about people, a lot of times they lack tact. You know what I mean, tact, tact, you know, tact. And uh, there's a right way to say things to people and a wrong way to say things to people. Did you know I've also learned this, your facial expressions when you talk to somebody can, can make all the difference in the world? If you're smiling when you're telling somebody something, that can really make a difference, as opposed to you know frowning when you say it. So so speak the truth in love, use tact, and it'll be helpful to your children, and and they'll grow up to be to be tactful people. Okay. The
1: next one is uh, a thing that parents, especially mothers, can pass on to their children is sympathy and compassion. We need to t- teach our children how to have a soft heart towards people. And good examples of that are, you know, if you're in the car and you say, oh, that stupid woman driver, (laughs) your child has just learned not to be a compassionate person. Or if you're, you know, watching TV and you say, well, that's just an old bum or, you know, the things that you say about people and the way that you act towards people teaches your children to be hard and crude and uncaring or teaches them to be compassionate and caring. And we need to be always teaching our children how to be compassionate have the compassion that Jesus would have for people flowing out of us, and that helps teach our children how to be sympathetic and compassionate to other people.
0: Yeah, and boys need to learn uh, tenderness as well as girls. You know, uh, sometimes it's it's taught in our society that you got to be a man. You know, but you know, are like crying sometimes. You know, it, it, uh, look at a, a male that cries is weak. But you know, I think that that. If you're able to have a soft heart, that's a that's a sign of strength. Is ha- if you can have a soft heart, and, and particularly men, it's not wrong to cry, guys. It's it's fine, you know. It, it, uh, that, that shows me somebody's heart is soft, you know. And so um, teach teach children to be sympathetic and have compassion on people, and and demonstrate to them compassion for others, and be compassionate. In your own home. And something else I wanted to say. Back on that honesty thing. I think it's good if you'll teach your kids to communicate. That's something that, that, that I've, I've watched over the years. Is a lot of times folks aren't too communicative. And uh, I, I've learned this ab- about marriages. Almost without exception. Every time over the many years that a couple has sat in my office. And they've, they've been on the brink of divorce. Without exception you can track it back to this one thing and it's the lines of communications between the husband and the wife has broken down and they're not communicating anymore. So communication is a big big thing. So so teach your kids to communicate, teach them to be honest, speak the truth in love, teach them to be compassionate on people and 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 and, and, and it, it'll really help them. Now we have we have we'll a help back to
1: communication just a oh, minute. Oh yeah. One thing really important about communication with your children is teach them to be able to express themselves, but also teach them how to listen. Listening is a really, really important skill for everybody. And like Pastor Terry was talking about in marriage, you know, we talk about communication and the first thing you think about is, well, I'm going to tell them what I think, you know, and they can tell me what they think. But a really important part of communication is listening. Is listening and listening uh, with with uh, not judgmental ahead of time or anything, but just listening. And if it's really important that you listen to your children, that they be able to have time to sit down and just sit down by themselves and you and be able to talk to you and you listen to them. You
0: know, a lot of times, people just want somebody to listen to them, you know, and, and, and that's very important. that's a very important part of communication is the listening side. I guess that's why we were given, what, two ears and one mouth. We ought to do twice as much listening as we do talking, right? Okay, then the fifth thing, we have ten of these. The fifth thing is helping. Helping. We need to teach kids to be helpers. Learn to be quick to help those in need and family members, the poor, missionaries, the elderly. Yes.
1: Kids are going to learn how to be helpful, to be helping people by watching you and you involving them in it. Say there was a food drive at church for Feed My People. Um, It's important that you contribute to it, but it's important to involve your children in contributing to it. Um, You know, like when you go to the grocery store, you know, tell your kids, we're going to help people who don't have food. We're going to buy some extra things. Do you want to pick out a few extra things or maybe put part of their allowance in? Teach them to start helping other people and get them involved in it. Um, It's really important when kids are little and all through their time at home that they learn how to help, help each other and help with the chores. Um, Kids can help when they're three years old. They can start helping do all kinds of stuff at home, right? They can clean off the table. They can help load the dishwasher. They can dust. Little, little kids can learn to do a lot, and it, it gives them such a sense of, of um uh being a sense of you know usefulness if they're able to be a part um and then they need to kids need to do chores they need to have a responsibility in the household until they move out
0: the kids don't like that one though no i know they don't they don't like to do chores i didn't like to do chores did did anybody in here like to do chores i didn't like to do chores uh You know, but uh, it's good for the kids. It's good for the kids. It
1: helps children learn how to take care of things in the home. It also helps children learn to um, take responsibility for certain things. It teaches them that when you're in a family, each person in the family has has a responsibility, and they need to fulfill that.
0: Our kids, when they came home, before they could go do you know, before they could go play outside they 'd have to do their homework and do their chores. Now, we didn't make them do an unreasonable amount of chores. you know you can overwork your kids you you don't want to do that, but we uh they had a reasonable amount of chores, and they had to do their homework now at the time, and then they could go out and play, but they didn't like that; they hated it they just hated it they hated it. but now, all these years have come and gone. And all three of them have said, you know, that was so good for us. We're so glad that you taught us discipline. And so to parents who you might be feeling a little guilty because you're making your kids do the homework and do the chores, and they might tell you they don't like it now, but later they'll thank you for it because it's in their best interest to teach them that discipline.
1: Parenting is not an easy thing, and mothering is not an easy thing. You know, when we, you know... Early on in life, we have kind of like a romanticized view of motherhood, but that's not really the way it is. It's hard. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the main motive behind helping, teaching kids to help, is to make them feel and be useful rather than sitting and whining about trivial, trivial issues or being self-centered. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one is respect. From a very tender age... Start asking your children to talk nicely and with respect to everyone. Uh, make sure they are taught to listen when they are spoken to, and to answer questions they are asked politely.
0: Yeah, this may need to be reinforced the whole time your child is in, in your home. The bar should be held high. In in uh, in now you typed that. What does that say? <laughs> they. In they in they way in the way they treat their parents and so, so let's try this over. This may need I should have proofread this before I. This may this may need to be reinforced the whole time your child is in your house. The bar should be held high in the way they treat their parents and siblings. This will go a long way in people respecting your child and future grown. I don't know what that's talking about. What did you type there?
1: The children should be respectful. Okay,
0: all right. I, hey, here's one with the kids. Here's one with the kids. This is something you need to teach your kids, okay? And this is something we all need to do. Something we all need to do. Acknowledge people when you walk past them or when they when they come into a room. Acknowledge people. You know what I mean? How many of you, you've ever been somewhere and... and uh, uh, you know somebody'll walk up and they they just won't acknowledge that you're even there. Has that ever happened to anybody besides me and uh or or you know maybe I'll be standing somewhere and uh I'll have somebody with me that's far more important than me, and somebody'll walk up and they'll they'll pay all the attention to the important person and me they'll just treat me like I don't even even exist. Has that happened to anybody besides me? Doesn't it just make you feel warm and fuzzy on the inside when it's a horrible thing, isn't it? So, so what my mother taught me is, is she said, you always acknowledge anybody when you come into their presence, and I've always tried to do that uh, over all these years. Is acknowledge people, say hello to them, acknowledge that they exist. You know, I don't care if 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 the president of the United States is standing right side of the jan- janitor. Be nice to the president, but what do you also do to the janitor? Treat him just like you would the president. If you want to be like Jesus, then we treat everybody equal, don't we? So acknowledge people and treat kids uh, treat kids to acknowledge others and especially elders. You know, I've seen over the years some little kids, not really here at church, but just out other places where, you know, uh, they'll walk up and they'll just walk right past you and just just like I'm not even there, you know, and I've watched them do it to not only me, but others and and so. You know, we need to teach kids to acknowledge people, particularly their elders. It's just so important. And it's something we all ought to do is just just acknowledge people and, and treat people like they're human beings. It, wouldn't, wouldn't that be good to, to do? And I think you all do that. But it's it's always good to be reminded on these things, isn't it? It's always good to be reminded.
1: One thing that's a, a real issue with this today is um, electronic devices. Um, children will be playing or teenagers or... Are... Kids will be playing or working on the computer or TV. And you'll talk to them and they won't acknowledge you. That's a sign of disrespect. And children have to be taught you don't do that. You don't ignore people when they're talking to you. I don't care if you're on, you know, phase 20 of your video game. You stop and you talk to the person. You acknowledge the person that spoke to you and answer them.
0: And, And, you know, at the end of our notes here, we have something that I'm going to just say now. Because you know the best way to teach kids is to be an example in front of them. Because your actions, the way you act in front of them is worth a thousand words, isn't it? Pictures worth a thousand words. So and and so it's not going to do any good if I'm a parent and I'm on my cell phone all the time and I'm over here on my cell phone and my kid is watching me on my cell phone and my kid comes up to talk to me and I'm on my cell phone. and I don't have time to talk to my kid because I'm on my cell phone. And then I turn around and tell my kid, hey, don't be on your cell phone all the time. That's not going to go over real good, is it? So, so the best way to teach these things to children is to be an example of them yourselves. Is, is that right? Okay. So, anyway, that was respect. Do you think I treat you with respect? Absolutely. Okay, good, good. Are you all gonna laugh at anything? These, I gotta loosen these people up. Knock, knock. <laughs> uh, what did you say, John? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> what? That was, funny. that was funny. It's tearing me up. All right. What do you? What did they tell us at the party yesterday? Not at your party. It was a party afterward. What do you call a, a, a cow that has no legs? Ground beef. Okay. But no. Knock, knock. Come on now. Now, now let's start over. Knock, knock. Who's there? A pencil with no end on it. Let's see if we can get it all in, in, in unison. Knock, knock. Who's there? A pencil with no end on it. What's the point? <laughs>
1: That's
0: what I said. <laughs> Ooh. You know, you're not going to start throwing stuff at me, are you? Okay. You know, Pastor Diane and I, we've had a few arguments over the years, haven't we? But, but very few in the last years since I repented. But she's thrown two things at me. And I've told you what they were over the years. Does anybody remember? Yeah, grapefruit. Does anybody remember the other one? It was ice. It was, ice, it was a, 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 a from Steak and Shake or something. It wasn't glass. It was, it was ice water. She got mad at me, and I ducked it. And then the one morning she got mad at me, and she picked up the grapefruit, and threw it at me, I ducked it, it, hit the wall, and it was a half a grapefruit, you know. And so I'm glad she didn't make contact with that. But. Uh, um, but you know what? I had it coming. Every last one of them, I had it coming. But uh, but I've changed, haven't I? Very much so. Okay. All right. Responsibility. Let's finish this up.
1: Um, something that's very good to teach our children and impart into them is being responsible. Um, things that are included in that are being on time, showing up when you're supposed to, don't make lame excuses, um,
0: Oh, it's my turn. I was thinking of some lame excuses when I taught school. What's a lame excuse that a, that a teacher hears? The, the dog ate it. Yeah. Okay, so lame excuses. Alright, don't allow your children to make excuses for procrastination, sloppiness, or laziness. Our current society and educational system allow just about every kind of excuse you can imagine for not following through on assignments. Many of these excuses are just lies. It is a bad problem in our culture. It will not serve your child well as they become an employee, a spouse, and a parent themselves.
1: There is so much uh, that is going on with that right today. Um, Our son teaches in college, and kids come up through the educational system with all kinds of accommodations for everything you can imagine When they get to college, the professors have to accommodate all that so they can keep the kids in school, so they get the tuition. So kids graduate with with their response. They have a real bad problem with responsibility, really bad. And that's going to reflect in their marriages and how they take care of their cars, their houses, their finances. It's going to reflect in their jobs, you know, um, Trying to hire somebody who shows up on time is very, very, very hard. Some, trying to hire somebody who actually does what they're supposed to do and is honest and responsible is very, very hard. And it's because our society has accommodated every kind of excuse imaginable. Uh, we know somebody who has a friend who just got their dog certified as a therapy dog. And they got the dog certified as a therapy dog so that they could uh, rent any apartment they wanted. They could rent an apartment that didn't allow dogs because she now has a therapy dog, and it's the law that you have to rent to people with therapy dogs. So that's the kind of thing that we're dealing with. And, and with our children, we have to address that really head on and not allow them to make lame excuses or, or work. They, they can't be allowed to work the system when it's not ethical and it's not moral for them as a Christian.
0: When you say therapy dog, are are you talking the dog is on therapy or the dog gives therapy to the people?
1: The dog gives therapy. Okay, I know. can
0: understand that. The I was going to say we have the dogs on therapy now, that would be... Well, you probably do. You can see we didn't really talk this over too much before we... You know there's only one thing worse than a volunteer that doesn't do their job and you know that. what that is? Is paying somebody to not do their job. Those of you who have never had employees or volunteers, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. But there's one thing worse than having a volunteer that doesn't do their job, and that's paying somebody to not do their job. So.
1: And if kids don't learn to be uh, responsible, they will have a great deal of difficulty being independent.
0: Yeah. You know, your responsibility, and I like what you said here in this one thing, is... is uh, Something I've, we've watched this over the many, many years. Nobody wants to take accountability for anything anymore. You know, it's real hard to get people to say, I was wrong. Remember on Happy Days years ago? How many remembers the Fonz? And and he had to admit he was wrong. And he went, I was And it took him about five minutes to finally, and I don't think he ever could say, because he's, I was But now I like the Fons. He was cool. But, you know, it's, 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 this is very serious. Very few people want to admit they were what? And that's something that I think that we ought to instill in kids. Now, it's not good to think that you're, you know, guilty right away and you're wrong just immediately. But, you know, there's times that we could all benefit from taking a long, hard look at ourselves and being willing to admit, you know, I was. Wrong, And you know what's real hard for a parent to do is after they've got on the child for something and disciplined the child and maybe the child didn't deserve it. You know what will go a long way with your children? Pull them in there, tell them you're sorry and then say, I was. I'll go a long way with your kids if you were wrong. But it takes humility to do that, doesn't it? All right. Uh, just a couple more. Determination.
1: Don't let your kids quit things that they start.
0: Yes, don't let them do that. If
1: they decide they want to play the piano and you've paid for ten lessons, don't let them quit until those ten lessons are done. If they, you know, want to be on the soccer team, don't let them quit until the season's over, unless they get hurt or you know something like that. Kids need to learn to stick with things. They can't just quit. In our uh, let's see where am I at?
0: Somewhere in here. Yep. Yeah.
1: You know, a lot of times they'll, you know, start start the piano or the flute or the violin or art or dancing or whatever, and they'll just say, well, I just don't like it, you know. And then they try the next thing, well, I just don't like it. Well, what they're learning is that they don't have to stick with anything. Anything that they don't like, they can just quit. And we can't let them quit. We need to teach them not to give up. We need to teach them whatever you're in, you need to stick with it until you're done with it. Yeah. That they'll have, they're going to have many successes and they're going to have many failures. And they're going to have to do things in life they don't want to do or they don't like to do. And when they're young, you have to instill that in them and teach that to them, that they have to stick with things. They have to stick with things that are, you know, uncomfortable or unpleasant or they don't like. And those are like failures. And, and they also have to experience successes and high points in life. That's natural to have highs and lows in life
0: yeah and uh like if maybe you signed them up, they wanted to do piano and you signed them up for five lessons, and they go to the first lesson and they hate it it's really good to make them finish those five lessons, even if they're not going to go on with piano after that, but it's teaching them to stick with it. I remember when i was uh my my mother uh do you know I got a full scholarship to Washington University to play golf did anybody I ever tell you that story? Washu University, that's right here in St. Louis. That's, but I didn't do that. I was kind of goofed up back there when I graduated from high school. So I went to Merrimack instead. And, uh, and they don't get that, do they? I think they're... They're, they're, they're still thinking about that? Yeah. And, and, and the, I mean, Merrimack is a good place, but it's a community college. Community college and WashU is one of the finest universities in the United States. And so I, I was messed up. I should have went to Wash U on the golf scholarship, but I didn't. And so I remember after I finished Merrimack, we went over to UMSL, and uh, to enroll. And my mom went with me. And I didn't want to go on to school anymore. I was going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm done. I'm not, I don't want to go to. I don't want to finish my degree. So she said, "Fine." And so on the way back, I've told you the story before, but it bears repetition. On the way back from UMSL, she said to me, she said, uh, she said. Uh, well, we're going to go find a McDonald's. And I said, oh, great. We're going to have, we're going to have a Big Mac, a big, big Happy Meal. She said, oh, no, you're going to get an application. Because if you're not going to go to college, you're going to have to flip hamburgers the rest of your life. And I said, what are you talking about, Mom? And so, you know what? That made me finish, finish school. And I'm glad that she wouldn't let me quit. Because there's a lot of times. I remember the one time I was in... I was in... Uh, Non-Euclidean Geometry. Does anybody know what Euclidean Geometry is? Well, I was in non-Euclidean Geometry. And believe me, that's far more savage than Euclidean Geometry. And that's the only class that brought me to tears. And I remember I was crying and I was weeping. I said, Mom, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. And I tell you what, she got right up in my face and she said, you know, I won't tell you all what she said, but she said, I paid for this. And she said, by gosh, you're going to finish it. And she made me finish it. And you know what? She made me get my degree. And uh, I remember when we went to, uh, when we went in mathematics, when we went to uh, uh, Bible school, I had to work uh, shingling roofs one day. Now there's nothing wrong with shingling roofs. But I was up there in 100 degrees heat. And I worked one day shingling roofs. And I tell you what, by the time I got done with that one day shingling roofs, I was thanking my mother that she made me finish school. And that I could s- stand in an air conditioned classroom. Did you hear me? Thinking about my mom. Yeah, she she, she, she made me finish school. And uh, I remember the one night I wanted to go to a bar. Did I ever tell you this story? I was about 18 years old. And I said, I want to go to—I called home from the golf course. The guys were going to the bar. And I called home. I said, Mom, I don't want to—I I, I want to go to the bar tonight. And I had never been to the bar, but I want to go to the bar. And she said, You're not going to the bar. And I said, Yeah, I'm going to the bar. She said, You're not going to the bar. And, and, and I said, Well, I'm going to the bar. She said, No, you're not going to the bar. And I said, Yes, I am. She said, No, you're not. And I said, Yes, I am. She said, No, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, if you do, when you come home, all of your stuff is going to be sitting out on the porch. I was 18 years old. She said, if you're big enough to go to the bar, you're big enough to live out on your own. And I didn't go to the bar. You know, I'm glad I didn't go to the bar. I said, I'm glad I didn't go to the bar. I'd have probably become a drunk. Thank God for a good mom. I'm on my mom's stories. I'll tell you one last story. Did I ever tell you when she took me to school on a tractor? You want to hear it again or not? Yeah. Well, real quick, uh, I was in elementary school up here at Callison, and we lived right back here. And she had this big, this big tractor. This, for those who've never heard of it, the big, the big John Deere tractor. And I missed the bus, so I come back home. And I said, Mom. I missed the bus. She said, well, let's get in the car. I'll take you up to school. We went back, got in the car, and rah, 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 the battery was dead. And I'm thinking, thank God, you know, the ba- I'm going to get a day off school. She said, "No, nothing doing. She said, hop on the tractor. So she got me on the tractor, and we drove out through the, through the subdivision on this big tractor, you know, like... like, like uh, um, Green Acres, and you're driving up to school. Now, you know, how many of you kids would like to be drive, drove into school with your mother driving on this big tractor, you know? And I'm thinking, these kids are going to make fun of me. It's going to be horrible, just horrible. And uh, so we drive in there, and all the kids, I thought they were going to be making fun of me. And they came out, and they gathered around the tractor, and they thought I was the coolest thing, and they wanted my mom to give all of them a ride on the tractor. <laughs> Isn't that cool? That's cool. Last story about my mom. There was a dumpster out here when we were building this building. There's a dumpster sitting out there. And we came up and, 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 and the building was about half done. There's a big dumpster out there, you know, for the people to put the junk in it during the day and, you know, the different scraps. And so we were going around. Now, my mom was was well off financially, but she learned she grew up in the Depression. And I mean, pennies were, I mean, you, you see a penny, you pick it up. You know, I mean, it was just, and so she would collect uh, uh, aluminum cans and she would take them over here to the place. And she and I said, Mom, you only get a little bit of money. She said, well, a little bit of money is better than not having a little bit of money. And, and if you grew up in the Depression, you have a different mentality. You never leave a light on when you leave a room, that kind of thing. And so we were walking around and so we've come up to the dumpster and she looked in the dumpster and she saw an aluminum can way down way down at the bottom and she said yeah see I want that can and I said mom to get that can we're going to have to climb in the dumpster and get she said I want the can and I said mom you know I'll go buy you some cans and you can have the you know I'll dump this soda out and you can have the can no 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 she said I want that that can we're going to get that can and I said well I'm not going to go in there and get it. She said, well I'm going to go in there and get it well I couldn't let her go in with all the stuff there so I said I'll go in and get the can so I get up on, just me and her, I get up on there and I get up over the thing and I tip over the side and my feet sticking out, dangling up, you know, out over the edge. And I'm thinking, you know, I hope no church members pull up here, you know, while I got my feet st- dangling up out of the dumpster. But, you know, I got in there, I got the can and my mom, she took it and got a, probably half a penny for it. But but anyway, story about my mom. She
1: was teaching you she was, obedience. She huh? was
0: teaching me responsibility and... and, and uh, not to be wasteful. That's another thing. I, we don't have that on the list, but that's if you're taking notes, teach your kids not to be wasteful. I know this is a little different today. Is this helping you at all? It's just, this is a little different. I mean, normally I'm teaching you the Word and Scriptures, but this is all Bible right here. We're just not looking up a bunch of Scriptures. But teach your kids the, the value of, of money and, and, and to be responsible and not to be wasteful. So much waste. You know one thing that just drives me nuts? I wish they'd say, what, Pastor Terry? You know something that drives me nuts? Thank you, thank you. Is when I see somebody, they'll order just gobs of food. And they leave more than half of it on their plate. They don't even take it with them. That bothers me. There's people starving in the world. I'm not saying that you're sinning if you do that. That bothers me. I don't know. Anyway, my mom taught me, she said, you don't ever leave anything on your plate. You finish your plate. That's what my mom taught me. Maybe that's the reason I was 60, 70 pounds overweight, you know. Because I not only finished my plate, but I finished Diane's plate and anybody else's plate that was at the table, you know. Alright, we can never finish this. Alright, go ahead. Did we do Determination. All right, consideration. Teach your kids to be considerate of other people's feelings. And this helps your child to think of someone besides themselves.
1: Yeah, a person, a child that's considerate will, won't bully other people. And that's it's always been a big problem, bullying. But it's uh, not a good thing when kids bully other kids. And if your kids are considerate and thoughtful of other people's feelings, they won't be doing that. Okay, the last one is love the, and most importance. Teach your kids the significance of love and care, how it can be truly impactful in one's life. Having a very loving environment at your home. Have a very loving environment in your home. Um, Even if you have to correct your kids, do it with love. Make sure that, you know, if your kids know that they've done wrong or disappointed you, make sure that you still love them no matter what they've done. And it's uh, best that... The best way that, like Pastor Terry said before, is that a mother can install all of these values is to live them out in front of their kids. That's the best lesson anyone could give. The way that a woman uh, treats her spouse, the way she acts in her home, the way way she treats her extended family, her neighbors in the church, will teach children just uh, awesome, wonderful things.
0: Yeah. Did you learn anything? This was different today, but I think it's helpful. Let's give you a little quiz. I was an old I'm an old math teacher. Anybody have any questions or comments or thoughts? Or rude remarks no no rude remarks. Let's see if you can get all these. What was